two people. Yes. <laughs> and not just a rolled up piece of foam on the floor. <laughs> ah. So that he slept on the piece of foam as it was rolled up? Well, no. Like rolled out and then sleep on well, it. Well, rolled out and rolled up are like yeah, precisely yeah. opposite things. Because yeah. I'm imagining him just like with his... A, a roll of foam underneath him and one point like, oh, underneath no, no, his no. back <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah, I don't know. I keep saying rolled up. Consistently getting a good night's sleep. What is a good night's sleep? Seven hours? Seven, eight. Seven is bad. Yeah. Like, you'd rather have six. You would infinitely... Six or eight. I don't wake up in Seven my... Seven is just the worst. I don't wake up in my REM cycle, though, usually. It's like I, when I'm awake, Well, I'm awake. it's the fact that your REM cycle goes about every hour and a half, and seven is not an interval of an hour and a half. No. Of course, that's a guesstimation. Of, roughly but yeah mm. i mean it's a guesstimation of how long i actually sleep because then there's when you go to bed and you never know when you fall asleep and you also gotta stay hydrated and eat vegetables and Which, go outside going outside is probably something i need to do more that now that i work in an office with no windows i need more outdoor time which today would have been actually great for that i don't know why i didn't but there's still time we're gonna be outside in a little while yep Mm. Sure will. Mm. Sure will. Will with one of our two listeners. With one of our two <laughs> listeners, perhaps both of them. Perhaps, probably well, both of two them. Two of our two. I don't think she works this weekend. I th- I'm pretty sure she has it off. I yeah, th- I thought they were talking about that yesterday. That's what I heard. Yeah, mm. overheard. I suppose the uh, cartoon Hobbit didn't disappoint. It was. It, it was, was about what I expected it to be. It was very. Yes. It would have been much fun, much more fun to watch. Slightly tipsier than we were. Yeah. I mean, I'd, some of you were. James yeah. probably was decently <laughs> up there. I was. I was doing pretty good. I had like a full, like, I don't know, ten ounce glass full of Red Bull and ginger ale. You mean Fireball? Or f- Fireball, not Red Bull. Dang it! Oof! Dang it! <laughs> because there is a difference. There is quite the difference. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Red Bull now that, uh, instead of Fireball. It's well, Fireball. because you're thinking about Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bull. The Our combination theoretical combination. That we haven't dared to try yet. Because it just sounds like a, a bad combination time. of Fireball and Red Bull. Which sounds Red awful, but it's something to do just to say you've done it. Like an olive oil sandwich. My so brother did that once. and it You'd was... be surprised at how good that is. I mean, I mean it depends on the oil? bread. Yeah, it does. If, it was, you're, if you're using like Wonder Bread, that's gonna suck. Yeah, it was <laughs> like bread whole, sucks. To it was like whole wheat. But if you got if, f- it's, like, if it's a nice like Italian or French bread, that's mm-hmm. that's yeah. No, I can bread. totally see that working. But that's kind of within like particularly the if you toast it. Culinary profile. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if you get to call it a sandwich if you toast it. Really? So grilled cheese is well, a like, sandwich. I, when you're talking about just bread and oil. Yeah. Like the oil sides are in. Mm-hmm. It's just two slices. Like he just took a bottle of olive bread. oil, just like shook it on the thing and just downed it. Yeah. Hmm. Now, defining sandwich is this whole other conversation that we're not. Yeah. <laughs> that is for. an ongoing debate, apparently, in the broader world. Yes. 
on the internet. Especially. Is a hot dog a sandwich? It depends on the definition of sandwich that you use. Defining terms, the first yes. step to any debate. What are your terms? The, it, it, as long as culture continues to define sandwich in the common sense way that it does, as long as that stays, hot dog technically not really. Now, you could say that if debating the sandwich is pursued in a leisurely way, you're contemplating... The mysteries of life. <laughs> You're doing so in a properly leisurely way. So it's not really wasting time to argue about is a hot dog a sandwich because it's one of the more important things in life. <laughs> it's not so much the particular question no. as the the pursuits of the engagement. Contemplation. Which, no, no, no. We're not arguing over pointless stuff. We're contemplating the true nature. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I don't get about people who like say they hate semantics it's like well it's very important what you're saying and yeah, what you mean what you need to be very precise in what you say precision because, of language yes thank you monsignor yeah well it's funny when you hear him say that and then you watch uh, the giver <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which i think he was watching with us for part of it if i remember correctly that was a long time ago well, maybe like a year and a half two years something like that but it feels like a long time Feels like a long time. Feels like a long time. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> Mama. <laughs> ah. Ow! 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 Whoa! Whoa! whoa. <laughs> I, help me! Help me! Such a dumb video. Your Andrew, your brother's look on his face when I showed him that for the first time. It was just <laughs> like, it was just like concern amusement and just like <laughs> why <laughs> all at once I, I i think i know the look you're talking about mm-hmm. <laughs> he throws it what his fiance for the uninitiated it's what freddie mercury um slips and falls on the ice slips and falls on the there's ice like a whole series of these where he where the guy that does does videos clips ver- various sound bites of freddie mercury and sentence mixes them together to sound like he's doing things like mm-hmm. slipping on the ice and not being able to get up. There's like a whole series of videos too. That and um, buying a Wii. Yeah. <laughs> or, or going on a roller coaster. <laughs> I think there's one video where it's like text to speech, uh, British man with a British accent voice of his mom is scolding him for all of his adventures. He goes on and asking for mama and she's had enough. He needs to grow up. I think that was like one of the. It was like sort of a culmination. I'm not sure if he's still making those or what, but yeah, was, I'm pretty sure he is. This is dumb. Just because it's 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 the right kind of dumb, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like super choppy and obviously cut together like a lot of like. like but it, it is, is though. In places. But no, but I mean it is in places. But it's yeah. not. It's not like super super sentence mixed. It's mm-hmm. not so much that you can hardly understand the words. With sentence mixed videos, it reaches a point where it's like you understand what they're getting at, but it doesn't really work that well. Yeah, I mean, as funny as uh, the shopkeeper from the CDI Zelda doing rap oh, yeah. God, it really yeah. didn't come together completely mm-hmm. well. well it it's just, just too fast. Yeah, it's just, he did a seventy-five percent speed version. Mm-hmm. It's a little more intelligible. But. Yeah. Oh, what's the other one? Oh, yeah. Um, Dorime in Lego City. <laughs> that one's, that pretty, that one's really good. good. <laughs> the that subtitles one. help with that one. 
<laughs> well, and then I think your the familiarity with the meme probably yes, directly counts. corresponds like, yeah, to the, your ability to understand the sentence mixing, like the DK rap steamed hams. Yeah, oh, that is so good. That one's <laughs> really excellent. super intended. Uh, that one's really good. DK rap in general is really good for sentence mixing just mm-hmm. because there's so many staccato syllables. Don, uh, Donkey Kong and Wake Me Up Inside mashup. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Wake me up inside. Donkey Kong. Save me. Save me from the dark. Evanescence. No goofy. <laughs> but like <clears throat> Evanescence featuring Goofy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, like I think Evanescence is sort of the kind of band that's sort of asking to be made fun of in that manner. Because I think it's one of those one of those bands that like it takes itself too seriously. But that's sort of that emo rock like, of the uh, mid two thousands kind of. I don't know that you can call Evanescence emo. I haven't listened enough of. The well, it's the, the music that emo certainly listened to in the mid two thousands, or at least the ones I knew. How many emos did you know? A few of my sister's friends. Definitely emo. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they are, but they. How, so how can you be sure of your samples size? Your sample. Yeah, your. Size. I don't think your sample oh. size is wide enough. Fair. I went to Moorhead High School, oh, yeah. in which oh. there were many, many, many emos. <laughs> Something about emo music is more like Paramore and My Chemical Romance. Yeah, yeah. It's a little like lighter on the instrumentals. Yeah, I would say like Evanescence is the sort of thing like the the fringe rock hicks, the yeah. non country hicks. Listen yeah, to, <laughs> along yeah. with Nickelback and, and Five uh, Finger Death Punch and, and um, Seether. Things of that nature. Seether. I went to a Seether concert. Really? Doesn't it, Ryan really like Seether? Or did he just take you to that he concert? He just took me to that concert. They were playing at the local, like, um, the Red River Valley Fair okay. two years ago. And Ryan was, like, in town out of nowhere Friday night. He's like, hey, come to this concert. Okay. So we went there and drank beer. And I was like, oh, hi, Al. It's like, what are you doing here? Al the Newman Pal. Al the Newman Pal was there oh. with his now wife that night as well i was just like oh all right um because that's apparently just the place to be drank beer and listened to see there and i only knew like one song and that's <laughs> like the like um broken i think and that's one that's not even all that rockish but it kind of reminds me of like yeah that that's sort of sort of saddish rock feel to it i don't know that one yeah it was entertaining enough it was loud but we weren't <laughs> Welcome to concerts. Well, yeah, yeah. But it was outdoors for one thing, so it's not as loud as the one other rock concert I've been to. That That is the nature of playing music outdoors. Mm-hmm. I prefer it to indoor concerts, for sure. Because the Fargo Civic Center is not well, a great place for a rock concert. I'll tell you what, on on the stage end of things, on the band playing end of things, indoors is much better because well, yeah, of, you know, rain. Yeah, environmentally speaking, too, like, you know, as variable of humidity and crap. Yes. So. I went to an Avit Brothers concert at the Civic Center freshman year of college. Mm. What's that? I, I've heard of them, but what, what's their genre of music? Oh, they do some folk. Okay. They do Is it kind some. of a Mumford and Sons ish? No, not, uh, not, not like that. They do some, like, almost country. Or more like Philip Phillips. Would that be more um, comfortable? Probably more like Philip Phillips. Sure. But a little more kind of 
uh, upbeat and like a little more forceful. Mm-hmm. Philip Phillips is just kind of to, nice. It's nice to check him out every once in a while. I like I like have a folk kick. I need to. Oh, you gotta listen to the Oh Hellos. Oh Hellos, I've listened to a little bit of theirs. Dear um, Wormwood is such a good album. I'm think. I think Josh, they have an album that's kind of loosely sourced around the screw tape letters yeah it's, the the, uh, the wormwood dear wormwood dear yeah. wormwood yeah that's definitely a screw tapes le- letters reference um yeah i'll, t- I'll t- give them a listen because sometimes i you know i i'm primarily a rock guy but i do like to switch things up every so often so i'll have to check it out i kind of want to get back into listening to I grew up listening to big band and then I so much though that I just got sick of it. And now I kind of have a better appreciation for it. Sure. So, because if, if you know me, you know that growing up, I was raised as if it was in the middle of world war two, not by my parents, but my siblings, my, especially my two older brothers, because we'd play army a lot. And so when I was four, I genuinely thought we were defending our house from the Nazis in our woods, <laughs> which obviously not, but yeah. yeah um taking the fight as far as you know as far as i yeah i mm-hmm. things can happen you know in 2002 or whenever it was um and so the older brothers kind of dictated the movies we watched the music we listened to not like they were controlling it was just what they wanted to watch and they're like cool older brother stuff okay sure so we mm-hmm. listened to a lot of big band jazz because that's what they listened to back then and then it wasn't until i was like a teenager that we listen to other music. I mean, we'd listen to Beach Boys and other stuff that my parents would like listening to. Oh, yes. Stuck in the post-World War II. Yeah. And uh, American Orchestra. Mm-hmm. You should listen to Tommy Igo and the Birdland Big Band. They're more of a contemporary big band that... I've played that song, Got a Match for You, before. Yeah. That's the group that and did it. And then there's Postmodern Jukebox, which does modern hits with a... Well, it's not... It's uh, not like that. that, that isn't no, big, but that's I mean, just pop songs, jazz flavored. Yeah, yeah. right. Tommy Igo's actual. Tommy Igo's actual jazz. Tommy Igo. They like. Is it original stuff they make? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It it doesn't have that sort of forties feel to yeah. it all the time. The forties stuff the, is good, but it can be it a little. It gets old slow. after when yeah. every song is that swing, forties yeah. swing style. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um good stuff speaking of 40 swing style <laughs> speaking of 40 <laughs> which has absolutely nothing, nothing to, to do, do with the demons <laughs> not even remotely with what we're talking about today but we could have transitioned a little better from screw tape letters oh, probably yeah. oh, that would have been a great yeah that would have been the our opportunity wouldn't it well we're the palladium papist guys i'm james i'm nathan and i'm riley today we are talking about uh diablo which yes. is the series of video any particular one or it, just the it, series we're of c- covering one and two because because you three kind of three i don't like and is dumb there you mm-hmm. go the story is garbage and i want to not acknowledge that it exists mm-hmm. so i'm not going to okay much yeah. like i do with wow mm-hmm. and just pretend it's not there that's early podcast yeah. yeah, that is an early <laughs> podcast. It I do want to like revisit Warcraft 3 yeah. someday because we got through like an eighth of the story. Yeah. And I don't know. There's some really good storylines. It's a little narrower in scope than the. We're doing a different Blizzard game today. Different Blizzard game. Cool. Tell us about Diablo, Riley. 
So, Diablo is a series of video games created by, originally, Blizzard North, which was not, it was, it had a different name hitherto, but they were kind of semi-independent from the main Blizzard studio, and Mm -hmm. they were called Blizzard North because they were in the north side of the Bay Area instead of in Blizzard's main headquarters. To the uninitiated San Francisco Bay, correct? Yeah. Yeah. San Francisco Bay. Because that's where every technology ever happens. Silicon Valley. Mm. East. And Diablo 1 was um, a roguelike game, which is, for those unfamiliar, sort of like notoriously difficult and punishing of mistakes. And not not in the same way that Dark Souls is. Like... Mm -hmm. Like, you find an item, like, you know, you open a chest and it permanently, like, degrades your health. You know, there's, like, some random effects that, like, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, and you never know until you try. And the layout of roguelikes are usually randomly generated. Right. Or procedurally generated. Mm -hmm. Typically. It's not, you can't memorize the route and the enemies on it like you can in, say, Dark Souls when you have to power through it's it. It's designed to kind of be a unique experience every time you play it. Right, and mm. you need to get good at the mechanics and playing, like, on the fly, figuring things out. And also just sometimes you get unlucky because we want you to suffer. Mm. But I, you I also get rewarded sometimes, so it, it evens out in the long run. But it's so when it when you are rewarded, then it's that then much it's more super nice. edifying. Yes. Yeah. So Diablo two is a bit more of, it kind of became its own genre. It's kind of re- widely regarded as the first ARPG, action RPG, which mm-hmm. is you know not so much of the role playing and more of the action. Mm-hmm. It's very like fast paced, you know, high mobility, and just clobber stuff all the time is kind of what it evolved into. Mm-hmm. So um, the storyline of the Diablo games is, unless you guys have questions on that. Um, is it, let's see, is the combat style sort of beat em up kind of a little bit? Yes. Magical it, it, beat em up? It, it's um, many flavors of beat em up, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which we will talk about a bit. So I guess what is um, the setting then? Because... The setting is varied, but it is in the land of Sanctuary, which is <coughs> this sort of middle plane between the high heavens and the burning hells. Mm. And it was created by Lilith, one of the um, characters. She's kind of, she's originally from the burning hells, but there's this big conflict between heaven and hell. And like they're this. like, mm, mm, I don't want to deal with that. So they're like, let's make Sanctuary where we don't have to fight. And so they did. And that's where the game takes place. Because, you know, more people started to inhabit it. I see. But nobody really knows that in Diablo 1. I mean, it's like a long time since this thing happened. And the humans that have come to be don't really know about those events Mm -hmm. so much. But Diablo 1 is kind of the opening up of that world and figuring out what in the heck is going on. So in Diablo 1, you start off as an adventurer going to the town of Tristram, in which there's this old cathedral and there's a bunch of monsters 
coming out of it and terrorizing the town and such. And so you're like, I hear there's lots of money and treasure and cool stuff down there, so I'm going to go check it out. So you can be one of three classes, hmm. a warrior or a rogue or a wizard. A what? A wizard. Okay. As in Harry Potter. Uh, oh, oh, a weezer. <laughs> a weezer. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I just I look like just like Buddy Holly. <laughs> ooh, ooh, I look just like Buddy Holly. Yeah, I saw I saw that in a comment section somewhere, oh, and I thought that was dear. hilarious. <laughs> I don't even want to know. I, don't, uh, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> So you go into the um the um the um dungeon and you're like mm, there's lots of monsters here. You beam up and you eventually slowly start to uncover what's going on here. And you encounter um some knowledge that Archbishop Lazarus, who is mm. kind of a lackey of King Leoric, who's kind of the king of the region, mm-hmm. kind of was working under him and found this thing called the Soul Stone. In which Diablo was sealed away. Diablo is Spanish did, for did, devil, in case you didn't know yes. that. Did Thanos drop him off a cliff? No. No. Nobody okay. got dropped off cliffs. Got no. it. Some of the, if you believe what Diablo 3 has to say, he got there because the um, some of the other prime evils were like, this guy's too powerful, we gotta seal him up and get him out of here so we can rule hell. Hmm. And so they did. So he's in the Soul Stone, and he still has some ability to, like, communicate. And he's like, hey, why don't you uh, let me out? He's like, mm, okay. Yeah. And, of course, that was what led to all of the destruction and doom and demons and such. Mm-hmm. And you would work your way all the way down, fighting progressively more powerful enemies, and then you go and kill Diablo himself at the very end. This is Diablo 1? This is Diablo 1. Okay. Story. And at the end, you sort of like, well, he's dead, but he's kind of like Sauron in as much as he'll come back eventually if we don't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So we have to destroy the one ring. I mean, the soul stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you uh, jam it into your own forehead and carry on because like you that's intelligent. Yeah. Uh-huh. No way that's going to go No wrong. way this could backfire. There's no right? way. None whatsoever. <laughs> What could possibly go wrong? This is not what happens in Diablo 2. You know, nothing goes wrong with no. that whole situation. No. <laughs> so, the canonically, it's the warrior who is like, uh, I think he's a son of King Leoric, I believe, canonically. He's the one who ends up defeating Diablo and jamming the soul stone in his forehead. And so it kind of starts to get the better of him at the start of Diablo 2. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And he um, basically, he turns into the Dark Wanderer. So he's kind of like Diablo in a human form, basically. Slowly being taken over by this thing? Yes. And he starts to make his way to... um, the tomb of Tal Rasha, where his brother Baal is imprisoned, spelt like Baal, but uh-huh. pronounced Baal. Hmm. And he's like, Yes, I will free my brother because he's on my side and will beat up these puny humans and mm-hmm. mwahaha. 
And so here's where you come in. You start the game in the rogue encampment, which is in a place. It's, And you have to get to um, the tomb of Talrasha, but there's some other demons in the way. So you beat those guys up. And then you skied on over to the desert where the tomb of Talrasha is. And Talrasha is like one of these Haradrim, which is a very old, very powerful sort of... Like, they're more than humans, but they aren't, like, eternal beings or anything. Mm-hmm. So, he's kind of been locked in a fight with Bale for all eternity. Because that's the only way to keep Bale imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So, you have to go and um, try to prevent Diablo from freeing Bale. But you get there too late, and he's already freed. Psycho he's great. been bailed out. He's been oh. bailed out. <laughs> <laughs> you meet Tyrael, who's an archangel. He's like, I tried to stop them, but I couldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we gotta keep going. Because he's going to go free his other brother, Mephisto, who's the Lord of Hate. Mm-hmm. Diablo is the Lord of Terror. Bale is the Lord of Destruction. So you go to the, the swamp, and that's where Mephisto's been hanging out. His and there's a, a portal to hell in there that Mephisto's guarding because that is a thing that, that he can do, apparently. Mm-hmm. So you beat him up, and then you go to hell. But just to hang out, you know, you're not there forever. No. And so you um, go down there, and you go kill Diablo because that's what the game is all about. Mm-hmm. And that's where the base game ends. In the expansion, you proceed to also go kill Bale. That's kind of the act five. Sure. Yeah. That's more or less the main story beats. It's quite a, a story light. Yeah. Sort it, of genre. Cause like the action RPG, like the gameplay is the main draw. Yes. Give you just enough to get going. The, the storytelling is kind of done as you go along in the world, kind of discovering characters and different, um, like new areas and items and things that sort of complete the picture a mm-hmm. little more. That makes sense. And the different classes that you can play are all, they represent like different groups within the world that are doing different things. Different factions, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the act five, for example, is where all the barbarians live. Hmm. And so they're like an expansion Barbarians class. is a playable class. No, mm. they were one of the base ones. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two expansion classes, Amazon and Assassin, who are both kind of... You don't get to go to the, the places they came from, mm-hmm. but that might change in Diablo 4. Oh, yeah. Which oh, is coming thing. out soon. Oh. Interesting. Soon TM, which so, means several years. So what is it about Diablo 3 that it should be thrown out it was a cartoon oh it wasn't actually a cartoon but like they the the art styles of diablo one and two are both um very grim and gothic and dark and gory Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's just very visceral and you know as realistic as 2002 isometric sprite animation can be Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or 1997 in the case of diablo one yeah but Diablo 3 was, like, right 
shortly after the um, takeover that Activision, who's uh, kind of like the parent company that is like, I don't know if they're merged, paired, what you would call it with Blizzard nowadays, but oh okay, they they, they brought distinct. in the the marketing guy and they like said, we need to have a brand. What's or, the brand of this company? Oh, World of Warcraft with no. those like cartoonish graphics. Yep, that's going to be in every game from here on out. Nice. And so, like, they put they shoved a suit in charge of making game design decisions, which is design. good in any business but technology. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In which suits completely ruin everything all the time. Yep. And so, right off the bat, it like completely deviates from the spirit of the first two games. And the story was passable, but, like, it was also, it just stank of suits, and, mm. like, mm. it was just derivative. They had, Let's boil it down to the things people like, and then change it, but keep those elements, so it's still, still technically the same thing. And they just had, like, as you progress through the level, the boss would shout at you, he would just, like, Ha <laughs> you're a terrible hero. <laughs> You'll never get here. <laughs> you know, just like... Wow. This is so cheesy, and, like, it totally ruins the anticipation of the boss fight. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, bet you won't. It would be one thing if it was a game series built around that kind of dynamic. Mm-hmm. But it is totally thing, not. It... I mean, like, in Diablo 2, there is... Like, you do get interaction, quote-unquote, from... The boss is like, as you're making your way down to Bale, he'll just like randomly shoot like max power spells from some of the classes at you. And you'll just get hit with a giant blizzard or a giant fireball. Mm-hmm. So if you're not paying attention, you'll just get totally wrecked. Like he'll just cackle and then the thing will hit you. So once you hear that, you're like, oh crap, I gotta run. run. run, 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 run. <laughs> and that's a sort of cool interaction where you're just like trying to keep you on your toes and keep you a little bit scared mm-hmm. whereas the the taunting boss is just like shut up like yeah this is mm-hmm. totally ruining any suspense i had about fighting you mm-hmm. so i mean yeah the the primary difference is is the art style and sort of like the mindset that went with it right i see because changing art style alone isn't enough to completely sink a, a thing. With Diablo, it kind of is. Like, was was well was three also in three D? Yes, but it was it's still isometric, right? But it's you know genuine three D instead of sprites. Know, sprites. Yeah, which the transition to three D is probably also a factor. But then like the whole I, thing you could have totally done it. Yeah. Well. No, for oh, yeah. sure. There are other, there other are games like, that made the transition pretty well. Well, not... I mean, there are other ARPGs that were, like, very dissatisfied with the way Diablo 3 did things, such as uh, Path of Exile. Let's, yeah, let's go back to what we liked. And Path of Exile is a fully 3D ARPG, but it, it's still, like, very much after the art style and, you know, game design in general of... Diablo 2 with its own spin on it mm-hmm. because it couldn't be a Diablo sequel because <laughs> copyright but but it was as close to being like Diablo 2 as it could be without breaching copyright mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, if 
people we know exactly why you're playing this it's because you didn't get you what you wanted with War in Diablo 3 so come that play is our that game. is literally why Path of Exile exists <laughs> seriously there that's the reason several small indie games or like smaller games exist yeah. well like, it's no longer an indie game right like right. it's pretty massive it may have now. been at the time yeah I'm sure it would yeah. definitely was but there's, yeah. there's a fair and number of indie the games itemization and like they dumbed everything down dramatically in terms of stats and what you can do with your character like mm-hmm. they, they they literally copy and pasted world of warcraft stat system oh my gosh. and level mm. system they mm. made it cap out at 60 which is what world of warcraft was and they had it you know like the um just main stat is the only thing that affects anything so you don't have to actually you know do anything unique or interesting you just pile up one stat and all of your gear gives you that stat oh, it's just useless yeah. mm. it's it's just a number that makes you do more damage instead of actually affecting different ways you can approach you know and gameplay that, that's the least interesting way to level up yes i have a bigger dice now i will fight you yeah i mean there there is some nuance to it right but they like they removed a lot of the complexity in building your character it's like let's make this game more accessible well that that's literally what they did because yeah. they ported it to console and they had always intended to and, and that, that was why they dumbed it down so much was and that necessary to get it on console yeah oh i suppose there's probably like like menus the and things are harder to for example there's like the inventory in diablo 2 is you know none of the items are uniformly sized so you have to like manage your inventory a bit and mm. make sure you have enough room to fit all your stuff whereas in diablo 3 every absolutely everything is the exact same size um, and it's mm. well not everything there's one thing that takes you know two slots and there's things that take one slot mm. so it's kind of just dumbed down version for console mm. which is why i hate it okay Anyway, now that we're done with that. Now rant, that we're done ranting about that. Let's yeah. talk about the good stuff let's in talk about the good stuff. 1 and 2. So, um, it might give somebody pause. Like, um, hold hold your theological horses with Diablo. This is not a satanic game. No, it is certainly not. In fact, the whole point of it is that you slay demons. Right. And you are not playing as one. All of Doom, but action RPG. Yes, like Doom, in as much as you kill demons yeah. and there and the right, yeah, it's completely <laughs> different games. But so yes, you are the one, you know, beating up the baddies and doing justice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep. Well, we got that. Sort <laughs> yeah, of covered. The, got that out of the way. Um, <laughs> kind of the cool things about Diablo One is that it was one of the first procedurally generated games like the whole entire game was well aside from like the starting town everything was all procedurally generated Hmm. you know there's like similar tiles where they have like you know 20 different tiles and you put four of them into the room now does progression through the story depend on like you hit like different benchmarks in as much as there is a story but Ah. like you'll You'll work your way through the dungeon, find an enemy character who kind of you 
will talk to you before you fight them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. a little bit. I suppose there's like and a you range also of like parameters. Read, read books p- and do all that so stuff. It's not just all directly dumped on your head. Yeah. And then there's like, I, I suppose, like different parameters and like patterns and things that like they built, like like the procedural generation uses. Well, so yes, like that is levels. how procedural generation yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> is it like one cohesive world or is it like levels? It's levels. Oh, it's okay. kind so of. Each level is generated randomly. Yes. You go into them. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's like 20 floors, I believe, in a dungeon. So it's just kind of as you work your way down. And it was kind of designed to be, like I said earlier, a very replayable experience. But right. Like, so you could just, you know, you fire it up, you work your way through it, and you're, you put it down from there. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same way twice per se. Yeah. But the, the idea was that it's kind of a, a finite, self-contained run. Mm-hmm. You know, you... You go from the starting point to Diablo and it's done there. Mm-hmm. Whereas Diablo 2 is a bit more of, you know, your your run doesn't end, so to speak, when you defeat Bale, you know. And that, there's kind of a, a story tie-in to that. At the end of um, Act 5, when you defeat Bale, he shatters the world stone, which is this thing that kind of keeps the world intact. Mm-hmm. And Tyrael opens a portal to a new dimension that happens to be harder than the last one. <laughs> okay, nice. And new game so plus. you kind of just yeah, it's it's sort of like the first new game plus idea, but it doesn't go on infinitely. No, there's only three tiers of that. Okay, okay. But once you get to hell difficulty, you you can just kind of grind infinitely at various bosses and i mean there's lots of things to do in the end game but Mm -hmm. it was kind of a very distinct departure from diablo 1 which was meant to be self-contained whereas diablo 2 you were meant to kind of just go after your after you kind of beat the story there was more to do after that Mm -hmm. which is repeat the the main story you moved on yeah well you didn't really move on we which is more common d- beat the same guy over and over which is more common in games these days i suppose it is it is than it was at the time but diablo 2 was a pioneer of that sort mm-hmm. of gameplay paradigm mm-hmm. so a couple of uh is a, is a historically i suppose significant in the game yes. world i mean that's what a lot of blizzards games were like and then they took mm-hmm. them and and then they ruined them all. Yes. <laughs> you ruined them all. <sighs> it's she with yours. Yeah, there's a lot of variation in aesthetics in Diablo 2 versus Diablo 1, which is, you know, very much modeled after this gothic cathedral slowly descending into a molten lava lake with a giant demon in it. Sounds about right. <laughs> whereas Diablo 2 was like first we're in this kind of grassland with some rocks in it and now we're in the desert and now we're in a swamp and now we're in hell and now we're in the mountain a little more so variety of uh, place <clears throat> right, because well they had the luxury of being able to design the whole world in the second game right yes it's whereas the first I one mean they... Diablo 2 is still procedurally generated oh, but okay. like there are a lot more there are some more fixed pieces to it. Yeah. But it is There's still, some linearity to it. 
No, I mean, sort of. In terms it, of it, like it is, over our, overarching It structure. is very linear in in like overall, I mm-hmm. would say. But like within a given area. It's still it's, pretty open. It's still very different. And there were some levels that were just very poorly designed. If you've ever played it, the maggot layer is like one that um the one of the creators of the game he and his wife stream on twitch and he like he's talked about how he regrets making that level (laughs) just because it was so painful to wind around and it was so like you know it was very different from the design of the rest of them Mm -hmm. sort of an aberration yeah that that one was a mistake i'd do that one over again if i could (laughs) good that he admits it well yeah he's pretty critical about his own work kind of sure i i I get it wants to be um doesn't care about making money out of it he just wants to make a great game i mean he's responsible for like some of the most impactful things in the gaming industry like he was the one who came up with the idea of heroes for warcraft 3 which in turn is the reason the moba genre exists because of a custom game that made that the original dota mod Uh. so like effectively he was the one who came up is like responsible for the moba genre which is pretty crazy Mm. but he likes to push the the space of game design and come up with new new unique weird angles, and sometimes they don't work out. Yeah, that's that's that comes with the territory of pushing boundaries. Yeah, sometimes the boundary was there for a reason. Other times it's expanding. It's always horizon. expanding. Well, it's expanding the horizon. Yeah. Like but it 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 ends successfully and creates a new unique cool idea that spins off into its own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, another thing that um, I think is really cool about Diablo Two in particular is it has this synergy system where when you you um, allocate points into skills within a certain like skill tree, they're called, but it's like a, a roughly a thematic space of abilities. They kind of improve each other. Mm. synergistically so, yes that is hence synergy oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what the system is called yeah but it really enforces not enforces it like rewards you for kind of focusing on a particular aesthetic or like um branch of abilities it's not arbitrary like if, yeah. if you go that way it actually like it, helps it allows you. you to make something very thematic that still works and, and molds doesn't into like, a play style could yes. you say yeah yeah which is also mm-hmm. kind of out of its time in some ways well yeah. i don't or well I don't, no i feel so like much. that customization that, is been, yeah that's been around you know since yeah. it, it's a carryover from like dungeons and dragons yeah, and a lot of influence from EverQuest and things like that. Sure, David Brevik played a lot of EverQuest, so he he draws some inspiration from that too. But so it it rewards you for kind of building a an aesthetic whole instead of like kind of min maxing everything from you know just picking the most powerful things out. Mm-hmm. You actually have to invest into some things that aren't you know 
I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to say this. You like, you maximize one sort of domain mm-hmm. of things, which is cool. Like, it forces mm-hmm. you to actually choose like a style. Yeah. Instead of just mixing and matching mm-hmm. all the way, which some people like, but mm-hmm. it's. I mean, Diablo three kind of leans more towards that direction. And it's, sure. It's much more mix and matchy. But yeah. I like I like it in games where you have themed things yes, for your it is character very, that very work. Themed. Yeah. The, and they go together and they're complementary and it's not just an arbitrary like yes. it serves a purpose. And that's very much what that's designed to be. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. That's kinda what I had. Cool. All right. It's a pretty short game to play through. I mean Diablo one is actually super, super short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could probably get through it in a day if you wanted. If you're if brand you new to it, you probably wouldn't no, be able to. You need to get good at it first before you can get good. Do it. Also, if you're going to do it, I highly recommend you um, get the Beelzebub mod. Beelzebub. B e e l z e b u b. Um, the I mean, a game made in 1997 obviously does not run on modern computers. Need like a DOS box? Well, or? No, but. It just it doesn't work. It does not look good. Oh on a 1080p yeah. 1080p monitor. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it wasn't made for. But there's a mod out there that will put it in modern resolutions and stuff. So okay, you can get it on GOG. Good old games. Um. And Diablo two, you can get from the Blizzard website, but similarly, if you dare. it's if you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they don't delete it like they did with the um, original Warcraft 3. They're just like, nope, you don't get that game anymore. Mm. Which I'm still mad about. Yeah, that's kind of a dumb... But anyway. Yes, it can. it is still available to be, to be purchased and played. Well, what, uh, what elements of truth can we as Catholics draw from Diablo... Killing demons is good. Yeah. <laughs> D- don't Be gone put, evil from your Don't midst. put demon don't, gems don't in your forehead. Don't demon gems in your forehead. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, like, to be serious, like, respect demonic powers. You know, don't take them for granted or try to tackle them on your own. Mm-hmm. You have to refer them to beings who are capable of handling that. Yeah. It's, um, that's kind of the thing about the modern world is I think people have kind of forgotten the, or and like, they like speaking. actively will be like, yeah, you know, Satan's my bro. I'm just like, shut up. Do you realize what you're saying? Yeah. It's, oh it's, gosh. it's all trite and silly to them. Yeah, it's just but, like, yeah. uh, but, but, but they're really, that's bad. That's really yeah, bad. It's, it's, it's not, not good. good. Exorcists are, uh, it's still a thing. That's not, it's not just a movies. I was reading an article, the other day, whereas like this exorcist was kind of bemoaning the fact that people think it's horror movie stuff. And it's actually, no, it's spiritual healing and it's not like that at all. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a real thing. It's like, um, one, it's like, you know, convincing people he doesn't exist is one is in the devil's toolbox. Angels and demons are very much a part of our reality, whether we realize it or not. So combat the, powers of evil in your life as they may be present yeah i don't know um there is a devil and he does not want you to go to heaven we want to go to heaven so unless the powers of the angels and the saints 
and uh, of course, yes, of course, our heavenly Father to overcome evil. That is the mm-hmm. main takeaway. Um, this is obviously the the game sounds obviously like a very much fictionalized. Oh yes, envisioning of the battle between heaven and hell, but mm-hmm. it's to be expected. It's a video game. It's for funsies. It is. Um. The the thing that I think games also sort of gloss over is the fact that and it's a good thing for us to remember too is that um even though bad things happen in the world good does always win in the end so and it's not there is no equivocation between god and the devil because you know obviously god is all powerful and the devil is a creature so there is no sort of Eastern Eastern spirituality has sort of like the dark light, like back and forth, but you know, even more or less. Mm-hmm. But that is couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Let's see. Where am I going? <laughs> I don't know. Where are you going? But yeah. Um. Any other elements of truth? You want to. Yeah, that's kind of the. That's the, the main, main thing. The main yeah, one. it's a classic battle of good and evil type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just don't let just don't let the video gameness fool you, <laughs> or not fool you, but like well, like they they take it seriously. Yeah, they not yeah. like you know tongue in cheek about it or anything. No, like, mm-hmm. you know, don't be don't ca- fall into the culture's pitfall yes, of not that, taking it seriously. That. Um, if anything, I suppose the game would give you pause and make it take you seriously to an extent um on that note goodness what is what are some elements of goodness in the game you're fighting evil killing <laughs> demons is good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is good to not put demon jewels in your head <laughs> yeah i mean the, you have the opportunity to rescue people and mm-hmm. from the power of save darkness. them from the powers of evil Mm-hmm. And free the world in general. So, yeah. Yeah. Beauty. Yeah. Hmm. Graphics but, mod to make it work on uh, modern computers. Yeah. <laughs> Beauty is in the eye of the beholder yeah. to some degree with this, but and as it's, far as 1997 goes, I mean, it's when you look at it on a on a modern screen, you're like, Ugh. I can see no things. Mm-hmm. I can't <laughs> see anything, but. You wasn't know, optimized for that. If it's to your taste, it's quite like, you know, not dark in in so far as well. It is dark in right. so far as grim and bloody, but it's also dark as in like not much light. Hmm. And I like that sort of aesthetic. You know, I like the shadowy. Spooky you know, what's gothic. around the corner sort mm-hmm. of thing. But uh, it's not for everyone. I find it to be very beautiful. Mm. I know many people might not. Well, and then Diablo's had quite the fan base, so it must have had a bit of an appeal to a broad audience. So I doubt you're alone in that. Um, Unity. As I said, it is um, united primarily around its, like, this gothic, um, grim sort of Mm. aesthetic. You know, there are places, especially in Diablo 2, where they kind of upheave that a little bit. Like, the desert is obviously, you know, blindingly bright mm-hmm. all the time. You, you can't make it dark. I no. mean, it does. There's, like, a night and day cycle. 
Oh, okay. So it does get dark there sometimes, but it still mm-hmm. is. I mean, uh, the middle of a desert is not going to be a gothic cathedral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they still manage to kind of tie in that grimness with, you know, assorted corpses and, you know, NPCs strung up on poles and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So united in its grimness and goriness. And the stark reality. It sounds evil. like the first game has kind of has a unity to its yes. structure. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. the procedurally generated dungeon beginning to end. It's like this nice cohesive little package that you can yep. go through several times, and it changes every time. Certainly. So, game design wise, it's well very cohesive and unified. Yeah, and like I mentioned earlier, with the synergy stuff. It's very united around this, like, establishing one sort of aesthetic for your character as well. Mm-hmm. One set of abilities, one domain. Yep. Neat. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. We will have to play through it one of these days. Is, yeah. is it multiplayer? Yes. Oh, oh, cool. Very much. How? Both of them are. How many players... Up to eight oh, okay. for oh, Diablo neat. 2. I don't know about one. I think it's only four. I know and you said like this is one of your main games growing up. That yeah, I I probably, I have thousands of hours in Diablo 2. Mm-hmm. Thousands. So. Uh, between you and your brother and your dad. Yeah. It was kind of our family bonding experience. The very thought neat. of playing a video game with my dad strikes me as very strange. We have very different dads. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I don't think I've ever once seen him touch a video game. My dad played a bit when he rented, like, the NES in the 80s and whatever. Yeah. Um, My dad is the reason I play games. I've The most recently I've seen dad play was during while he was unemployed, he played Luigi's Mansion. Oh, okay. And he got, like, all... He beat it. He got all the way to the end of it, so... I imagine curiosity is what gets him on Well, I think one of the things is he stopped playing after they went 3D because he... He kind of just gets motion sick. Oh, but yeah. But Luigi's Mansion has like that fixed camera so that he that didn't have that sense. problem. Yeah, I can think of a whole host of games that would probably be bad news for your dad to play. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Cool. All right. Well, good episode. Um, I guess from here on out, we're going to be recording with Riley remote. Yep. We'll be shipping off to seminary and within the next week so. within a few days of this episode releasing so good luck to riley on his seminary studies and we'll try to mm-hmm. keep bringing him back for more we'll yeah, figure out I might there'll not. be some spotty uh uploads during the transition we may not all be there mm-hmm. uh, well the we'll upload, be all there the uploads will always be there yeah. who is on them is going will to vary, vary a lot right but we're gonna we're gonna keep bringing stuff out because we like doing this and been it's been a good run so far so if you want two of our listeners yeah stick with us if you want to keep supporting the podcast you can listen on google play stitcher well it's google play is going to be youtube music soon but whatever uh stitcher spotify is the main place that people seem to be listening so thank you for that itunes or no apple Podcasts. i said that right stitcher all all those platforms follow us on twitter at palapapis and facebook as well email us if you have any questions comments concerns or suggestions we'll get to your suggestion eventually you know if you, you are. if you have suggestions yeah if you are faith sorry we haven't watched aquaban <laughs> yet i need to do that 
that. <laughs> we need to do that. We need I mean, that. I've I've seen it. I don't think you guys have seen it. I have it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all right, but we'll get to that. We're going to get to it. We're going to do it. Promise. Yeah. Promise. All right. Well, we will, some of, we, to whatever extent it may be, we will talk to you again next week. Sayonara. Bye. Bye, Will.